Hi, today I talk to Anne-Marie Hall, founder of Amazing Hall, storytelling, marketing and branding, guidance to healthcare executives. I met her at an event and she was super excited to be part of our podcast. She had a message to convey. Storytelling in the life science industry, especially within entrepreneurship. We discuss many things including the difference between pitch and storytelling. Enjoy. Welcome to Life Science Talent Talks. We want to build a community to inspire life science professionals through talent talks and organized events. We aim to shine light on remarkable personalities in Italy from the Copenhagen Bay area. My name is Søren Spenderbak. And my name is Neha Mortuza. We will be your podcast hosts. We would like to share personal life science journeys from all the exciting startups, biotechs and farmers out there, creating a life science talent ecosystem. Hi Anne-Marie, it's so lovely to see you again. We met at an event yes, and we, we just connected and I love the way you told the story or the way you talked to others. It just meant that you knew a lot about how to do it and how to deliver, I guess. And I was very curious in what you were doing and how did you end up in the life science area? Would you mind telling us your career path and how did you end up in life science? Everything happens for a reason, right? So I've always been working within the industry, within the medical device, consumer healthcare, within marketing and and branding. And I've been involved in product launches, international uh, launches, where I've been working with the physicians and research and development departments, uh, regulatory, so forth. So I've actually been so fortunate always in all of the positions I had, the marketing positions, I have had the opportunity to follow the product from it was an idea all the way to the product launch. Okay. And you were mainly involved in branding and marketing, I guess, at that time. Yes, it has been. Yeah. So it has been like a product manager, brand manager, shopper marketing manager, and working with key opinion leaders and with the, the strategies for the pharmacies, for instance, as well. Um, so, yeah, but always about telling a story based on evidence and facts. Okay. And in your career so far, like, can you walk through some trigger points where or where you made the transitions and why you made these transitions? Mm-hmm. How long time do you have? <laughs> uh, just give us uh, the best, your favorite three transitions. Okay, so my favorite three transitions. This is really exciting. Okay, so I have always been a person that has set goals, right? Uh-huh. So from when I started my career, I said I wanted to be a marketing assistant. Then I said I wanted to be a marketing manager. Then I said I wanted to be a product manager. So always wanted to expand and expand and learn and learn. And I had been fortunate to be placed at European headquarters or Nordic headquarters that actually could help me evolve in my career path. So I just went the normal journey, you know, that you just went from job to job and just promoted, promoted, promoted. Well, you wanted the big transitions, right? (laughs) And it has always been for for very big companies. So it's been for Cook Medical, it's been Kian Hearing, 
It's been uh, Novartis and uh, GSK. Mm -hmm. In uh, 2017, I had a really good position at Novartis Mm -hmm. that I loved as a brand and trade marketing manager. And then what actually happened was that Faith just knocked on the door. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, Mm -hmm. in the spring, I um, there were two relatives close to me Mm -hmm. that had critical diseases. Um, yeah, and it was really, really hard to find out, okay, how are we going to handle this? And they were just, Novartis was just supporting me so much. So it was just like a four days work period of time while I was coping with this. And then in the summer, a third one, a third critical disease was added to mm-hmm. the two others. And I was actually just working on the Nordic brand marketing strategy that was supposed to be presented to the management two days after and suddenly I couldn't do anything. I was just like completely gone. And then I spent the five weeks thinking, what do I do now? You know, and I could just feel like I wanted to follow my dream. And my dream has always been to have my own marketing agency where I could help as many companies as possible to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, you only have one life. And then I jumped out. And I started an amazing hole. And it went really, really fast, really quick. Um, with a lot of tasks and a lot of projects. And it went really fast. So I went into the startup, into the startup journey. And I want to add to this that prior to this, I have been since 2006, I've been involved in the entrepreneurship here in Denmark. So I have had been sitting at advisory boards at CBS. They had a long time ago, they were called in this Brogge Werksetterhus, mm-hmm. and they had an advisory board where they went like Dragon's Den, like you yeah. see, right? <laughs> so just one founder after another coming in, and then you, you like add, yeah, exactly. They did a pitch, and, and you added to them or asked them about the things, and I had the role as the marketing expert, and I just loved doing that. But at that time, this was for all industries. So not only the healthcare industry, but everything, right? And then what happened then was that I I was so involved in the entrepreneurship that I learned about how is it to actually be a founder, the ups and the downs. And um, I was involved in a project also in Denmark where we were trying to promote more female entrepreneurship as well, just mm-hmm. as we have today, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have been a lot involved in entrepreneurship. So that has been like a passion of mine while having all those marketing positions within within the big companies. Before we go into your company, can we go back a bit? Like, why did you choose marketing and why in the healthcare industry? Okay, so I think that what I recall back is that since I was about nine, I have always taken like images out of magazines, uh, quotes out of magazines and made like those colleges, mm-hmm. I think you call it, and just like create stories. I've always created stories. I always loved doing stories. So it's just like it's something within my personality. To build by it. Made stories like fantasy stories or children's stories? I think that at that time it was fantasy stories. 
but it was always like just letting the imagination just go completely wild uh-huh. and then just build and build. And I just, I just loved that. But I didn't know how I actually could use that, if you want to call it gift. When it comes to storytelling and within the career, and what I found out was that when I had evidence and I had facts that could bring the story alive, mm-hmm. then I suddenly had two beautiful things of the world for silver. I think that a natural progression for this kind of story would be theater and but it's not movies. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. It is not. Okay, but that taps into healthcare. So I have always had, for me, what I want to be involved in, and it's not to be like, yeah, cliche, but what it is, is that it's important for me that the projects that I'm involved in, that they either do something really good for people mm-hmm. or they do something really good for planet. Mm-hmm. And this has just been like always. So there has never, ever been doubt within me in which way I should go. And then faith just brought me to, to healthcare very, very early. So working as a trainee at GN Hearing, mm. that was actually how I started with this industry. Cool. Yeah. And then actually it's, and I loved doing that. I learned a lot about it. And actually at that point of time, already there, I worked with research development and what happened then, that was the managing director at that time. He came to me with his PowerPoint presentation. This was really new PowerPoint, everything, you know. We, when is, barely, when are we talking we, about? We're back to 1996, 90. Oh. <laughs> we're, we're many years back, okay. right? Even though I feel like 22, I'm not. And I remember that he came with this pile of paper that needed to be digitalized into the PowerPoint. And then I had the visual identity and then I needed to create the story Mm -hmm. and I just loved doing it. So I think that I have done, you know, now I've done like more than thousands Mm -hmm. of PowerPoints, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful tool to actually tell a story. Right. We also at the beginning kind of mentioned like, because life science is so broad. What is your understanding of life science? So my understanding of life science, and that's also why I use actually the word healthcare mm-hmm. instead, because I see life science as, as a broader term that this is all about helping people. So when we have a tendency to see life science as purely pharmaceuticals, but it's, it, it expands to much more, in my opinion. So it is uh, pharmaceuticals, it's medical device, consumer healthcare, it's health take, but it's also services that helps people out there mm-hmm. to be better and enhance the quality of life. Let's go back to your company. Would you like to give a high-level introduction of your company and where is it situated? So my company, that's called Amazing Hall, and it's situated here in Copenhagen in Denmark. And now I have a, an office up at the DTU, Science Park. And it just, I moved in there last summer in 2022, and it just feels like I've come home. (laughs) You found your tribe. I definitely, definitely found my tribe, personal. Yeah. Why do you say that? I just, uh, I love the energy up there. I love the people. I love uh, the drive and the, the feeling of, you know, of just progressing. And there's just like, there's no stagnant 
energy there. Everything is just progressing always. And people there are just so super friendly. I mean, when, when I entered there the first time within, I think it was two hours or something, the people that was all, were also renting offices nearby me, they're just coming, hey, Anne-Marie, can we help you with anything? And if you need help with the internet or I want to show you how you actually do the windows, you know, they were just being so friendly. So, uh, and this is, I've been to a lot of office spaces and this has just this unique approach that I haven't been able to find anywhere else. So it definitely... Great. And is that associated with some of the hubs with DTU entrepreneurships, such as Future Box and others? So, uh, yeah, so I have a good relation to the Future Box as well okay. and uh, to DTU Skylab and yeah. and also to the DTU entrepreneurship. And I'm learning more and more. Super. So, uh, But tell us more about Anne-Marie Hall. <laughs> Amazing hall. Oh, amazing hall. <laughs> <laughs> What's that you provide? Oh, God, because now what you do here, right, is that you think that Anne-Marie Hall, an amazing hall, yeah, of course, that is the, the reason why it's called amazing hall, right? but it's not at all, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so and you have invited a storyteller, and so everything like has a story to it. So... I was involved in a female entrepreneurship organization uh-huh. back in 2006, something like that, called Mondays Helena. And this was all female entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. a very, very strong network. And they called me amazing every single time. <laughs> every single time I entered into an event. And then I had this dream that I wanted to start a company, because at that time I had a company where I was working with marketing, but within the entire industry, mm-hmm. because I was afraid to go healthcare, as I told you. Mm-hmm. And then they said, uh, and then they had this online community where I said, okay, I want to create an incubation within entrepreneurs. Okay. Yeah. What should it be called? And at that time I was actually called Anne-Marie Henningsen, right? And the, everybody, they just came back and they said, amazing hole, amazing hole, <laughs> amazing hole. And I was like, eh, amazing hole, okay, can I call a company named that? And then I thought, okay, yeah, why not? So what does amazing hole provide? So first and fourth, storytelling, speaking from the whole hand. It's super important that you're being authentic to yourself and to the story and that it is backed up with evidence and facts. Mm-hmm. So It sounds simple. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> um, but it really, really is simple when first you, you understand the techniques of it. And I was very fortunate that in the summer of uh, 2020, as you know, I've always been interested in storytelling. Mm -hmm. And in the summer of uh, 2020, I was approached by my own professional story coach, uh, called Jens Larsen. And he had written a book called True Storytelling. Okay. I actually, that's, I got it here as well. (laughs) Yeah. And he had written a book called True Storytelling um, together with an American professor and a change management consultant here in Denmark as well called Lena Bohr. 
And he said, Anne-Marie, we, will have, we want to try and see the foundation of true storytelling if we actually can create like module within this and we can help. Would you be interested? And, uh, and I said, uh, yes. And you need to know that at that time here, I had had my company like really blossoming. I had a team, I had employees, everything was like going good. And then I made some choices mm -hmm. within my own startup that actually made it go completely down the hill. So I was at a point where I needed to find out what should happen now. Is it Amazing Hole that should continue? What is it that I want with Amazing Hole? And when Amazing Hole started, it was like a marketing agency, right? It was like visual identities and, you know, helping with the marketing strategies and so forth. But what happened was that founders that was primarily from engineering background, they came to me because it was difficult for them to communicate their story mm -hmm. within their solutions. Mm -hmm. And I helped them with that. And I was driving it by my intuition, actually. Uh, and I needed some tools, and I found them with the true storytelling principles. Super, we need to highlight that book. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so, and the seven principles, right? Because they are not only for, for companies, but they are for you as an individual as well. So they're the truth. You need always to stand in your truth. Mm -hmm. It's make space for the stories already existing. Mm -hmm. So you respect other people. It is the plot, the direction. Which direction do you want to go? It's timing. So what do you have of timing evidence? That, uh, what do you have that prove that your timing is right? Mm -hmm. It is helping the stories along. So how do you actually help the story along? So who are there out there, organizations, people, doctors in our field mm -hmm. that is actually supporting what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Then it's staging, how do you present it? And then it's reflection. And when you have this loop and you just you can just take it over and over again, it actually creates a very, very strong foundation for all of the companies. And it actually doesn't matter whether it is an entrepreneur startup mm -hmm. or if it is a, a medium-sized scale-up or whether it's a global. The principles applies for everything. So what I've done is, so you ask what is Amazing Hole doing today? So what I've done is I've taken those principles and then with my, like, 25 years <laughs> so experience within the industry i'm just like uh, you know tapping into it and i listen to the founders and to what they have of solution what it is that they want and i help them communicate it in a way where they be they become so strong in the storytelling so that they can go out and they can just present it really that will the elevator pitch but doing it in a very authentic way I have this saying that if you are going into an elevator in Switzerland and uh, you meet an old lady there uh, standing there and uh, she is pushing button number seven and you are pushing button number four uh, and then the elevator starts and she says, and you don't know that she has five million euros in her back pocket to the next <laughs> found. And uh, she says, what are you doing? Then you need to be able to communicate what you are doing so you create interest for her to hear more.
Brilliant. How do you do that? <laughs> that is what I teach. Yeah. Great. How do you see the importance of storytelling in life science industry, and especially within entrepreneurship? I have seen a trend for many years now mm-hmm. that you tend to be very focused and detailed in the solution that you're working on. And it's really, really difficult to explain. So where is it actually that it can come to use? How do you use it? Which patience is it? What is actually going on? People, they when they start telling about their, what they're working on, they become so passionate into the details. Mm. So you simply lose what is it you're working on, you know? So... Is it a drug against the, or is it an app, or is it a, you know, be really, really simplified and then take it and let it like blossom like a flower, you know, that it just unfolds. But people, they tend to do the opposite, that they're so focused on the product specifications and into details, and thereby you actually lose people because they don't understand, so what is your solution? Yeah. But that also comes down to communications, communicating exactly. science, not yes. only the science part, but yes. the product and yeah. the unmet need. Exactly. And then just be more, you know, light. <laughs> and don't be so complicated. Don't use words that, that people, they do not understand. You know, make sure, then think of the woman in, the old woman in the elevator, <laughs> you know, or seven-year-old that needs to be understand what you're communicating. Because what I see is that when you do that, you create ambassadors, right? Then when you meet another person, then you can say, okay, I have just met that person and it was super cool what she was doing. Da, da, da. And then the story gets going, you know. But if you're too complicated, then people, they're lost in transition. <laughs> I remember one of my professors, I think, once said, like, if you can explain it to your grandma, it means you did a good job. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So if you can present your thesis yeah. or your project or your pitch yes. to someone who's completely out of the field, Yes, then it means you you can distill it really well. Exactly. And then you create ambassadors. What is the difference between uh, pitch and storytelling? So I see the pitch as when you are applying for soft funding or you need to stand in front of investors or contingent collaborators. Mm-hmm. Um, there you really, you know, you have this performance attitude, right? And you just like deliver, right? And you rehearse and you rehearse, rehearse, and you're like, huh. And with the storytelling, this is much more like, and and pitch that is like really short-sighted. This Mm. is here and now. Where with the the storytelling, this is a long-term story that you're telling. Here you're building relations. Here you're entering a dialogue. Here you're going much more into the flow. So, and you create curiosity. But is it, I see storytelling in a pitch as well as in... But it is. But it is. Yeah. yeah. So I will say that the storytelling is content of the pitch. Yeah. But it's super important that you have it. If you have a pitch and you're like, you know, and you have done this really perfect work, but you do not have, for instance, the evidence backing it up, and you, do, you don't have the 
the stakeholders, all of that, that actually makes it difficult. So I see the storytelling as the first point to actually start building the entire relations that you need in order to deliver a pitch where people, they can see, okay, this is actually backed up. Yeah, but from the way you're describing, it sounds like storytelling is a lot more perhaps relational, whereas a pitch or, you know, going for a grant target yeah. or a presentation performance. is performance. Exactly. Ah, uh, exactly. That's the way you see it. Exactly. That's how I see it. And I don't have anything to back it up. This is just how I see it. That there's this... Because um, to me, everything has... It, there is storytelling in all of these, either giving a thesis presentation yeah. or a pitch yeah. or some other yeah. presentation. But what's important here, that is the true storytelling, is the authentic storytelling. It is to really be true within yourself. So you do not pretend that you're being somebody else. And this, I think, is really, really important when it comes to the founder's journey. Right, because you have such a lot, a lot of pressure being a founder, constantly. So, in order to be able to go with the flow as a founder, then you need to embrace this authentic storytelling. Yeah, but I think this authentic storytelling should come in every sense, even it if you're a founder or should. a leader or it a person. Should. It's you. It's you. It's there all the time. It should be all the time, it right? It should. It should. And that is my mission. Oh, no. You think it's not authentic enough? It is not. That is what I see that because I think that we have a culture sometimes that we really measured into looking at performance. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you contribute to constantly and you're being measured. Mm -hmm. So people, it's actually really difficult for them to to just be in themselves and being authentic. Yeah, you know, when we actually met. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one saying, okay, well, if I stand there and I'm doing a pitch and then somebody is asking me a question that I cannot reply, what do I do then? Right. And then what I, if you recall what I said, I said, just say thank you for your question. I do not have the reply right now, but I'm getting back to it. Mm -hmm. Please let me have your details mm -hmm. and we can talk later. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because then you own your truth mm -hmm. and you say, it's okay that I'm here where I am now, but I'm looking into it. Right. If you look at your journey, and this is not a journey just as a founder, this is a person, mm -hmm. an individual journey. And if you look at everything as either a lesson, lesson, a blessing, then you go into a flow of life, which we all need. Oh, I like that. If I have experienced huge challenges, then I go in and I say, okay, and what had been the lesson here? What have I learned from this? Mm -hmm. And how has it made me grow as a person, right? And the same way and that if I experience like today with those beautiful tulips, yeah. right? That, yeah, that was just standing in front of me and I just needed to purchase. And I was just so grateful for me being able to look at those flowers and see them. You know, so I saw that as a pure blessing before coming here. And when you start living a life like this, and thank you so much for sharing them with me. You gave me half the bunch. Yeah, I know, but it was so 
beautiful and I wanted you to have them. So, but it's, you know, I, I wish that everybody could live like that because I think that it will just take our shoulders down, you know, and we will just start embracing our everyday life and just take it as a beautiful, beautiful journey. Going back to storytelling, what, what do you have to say about nonverbal storytelling? Uh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. So I am a firm believer of energy. And I do believe that when you walk into a room, people can feel the state that you're in, right? So there's a lot of unconscious thinking going on if you do not say anything. When I'm doing all the workshops with founders and startups and, and preparing for, for meetings with soft funding and, and so on, what I say to them, okay, a really easy trick is go into the grateful mood. Okay, mm. so what are, have you, what are you grateful for? Just find something, what are you grateful for? And then make, take it in, in the body and feel that joy. And when I do that, like I have that exercise that I'm doing with the workshop and it is unbelievable to see what happens to the way that they start communicating their solution when they have the gratitude mode and the energy in the room now, you know, it changes completely. So people are just like smiling and being so happy and I just love that. Exactly. That's the reason I asked because... You know, you talk about storytelling, but I think a big part of it is the body language. Yes. And the, the nonverbal communication. Yes. yes. Yeah. But it's true. It is. But what I also see is that when you do the gratefulness within you, yeah. then your body posture, it changes as well. Definitely. Automatically. Cool. What other tips and tricks do you have to authentic storytelling? Okay, one of the major ones is speak from the heart. And I actually, I was told the other day, can you give me a trick to how to speak from the heart? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, okay. So this is all about not thinking so much, right? So that the thoughts that you have running inside of you, that you pay attention to them, but they do not like go into the mode of the mind but actually feel the heart instead, right? So you go into your intuition, you go into energy instead, and then you couple that with the mind. So you don't make the mind the majority of everything what you're doing. And this is something that can actually be trained. And the more that you start training it and the more your intuition starts flowing, then life becomes magical. So you have to, you're saying is feel your way through <laughs> the journey. No, because I do really believe and I know that the studies showing it as well, that the heart really has not only feelings, but this has uh, much major capabilities than we actually think. Is that yeah. touching on intuition? I think it is touching into intuition, but I think it's something much bigger. And I think that within the coming years, we will find out much more about the heart. And I'm looking forward for that journey as well. So I, I would say it's a very important combination of looking at the heart with the intuition and with the mind. And then you find the flow in life and to be completely present 
you know, be here now, be here now. Sounds good. What would your take-home message be for our podcast audience, if there is anybody out there? Meet people, smile, give them compliments, show them love. I mean, what you say, we want to shine light, and you say that in your podcast all the time. So I really do believe that we all can shine a light towards others. So I think that will be my main message. And then just really believe in yourself and believe within and don't let the external factors define you. Super. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. It was a very short coffee date, but <laughs> I had so much fun. Good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Science Talent Talks. Hope this has inspired you. If so, we encourage you to join us on our LinkedIn group, where you can help us shape this life science talent community and continue the discussion. Please see all the relevant links in the description. Bye.